Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet experts themselves. We've got Rick Pruce, and we also have Dr. Will Schultz. Good morning, and welcome to the show, Doc. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be here, and we have a really good show today. We have Mark Yeager coming in, who is the president of the Ingham County Kennel Club. Mark's a good friend. Uh, from the practice and a good friend overall. Uh, Mark is a breeder of Brussels Griffons, and he's going to talk about the dog show, what you got to do to get into the dog show, the, 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 the ins and outs of the dog show, and things that you look at. What is that judge looking at when that dog's down there? And, and, and what's, what's the purpose of this show? Well, and, and what's really interesting about the show and even just dealing with people who are very serious about dogs that they show them because it's a major commitment of time, money, energy, and everything else. But, Doc, you've had a lot of experience with people like this because the unique thing about your practice when you had it was that you were very involved with breeding. And a lot of times the people who were willing to do it are people who are well invested in their animals. So this is, I'd imagine that you go to the show and it's basically a, a family picnic for you because you probably know two yeah, thirds yeah, of the people yeah, yeah. that are there. Yeah. And what's interesting too, our practice didn't just do, we saw everybody, we saw you know, the, the the mutt that has, who knows, handsome stranger's na- dad's name. Anybody remembers Blazing Saddles. Right. Um, but that was part of it. But it's, it's, you have to understand also that when you see these people with these dogs at the shows, uh, there is an expense they put out. And what's also interesting that this is actually a love for the breed that they have because they don't make money going to these dog shows. No. And, and, you, and you win a prize and you take a little ribbon home. Um, and that ribbon does not buy a cup of coffee. No. It doesn't do it. So they're, they're going there because they are vested in their breed. They love the breed. Um, and it, this isn't taking away from going to the Humane Society and getting your new pet or going to animal control, which is perfectly fine. Right. But there are some people that are, I, I, want, a speci- I want a specific dog to do a specific thing. I want a herding breed. I want to go practice and uh, and, and do herding breeds, or I, I want to do agility with a dog that I can't do with a with a certain dog. I want a certain type and model to use. Well, plus they also need the ability to have them from a young enough age Correct. that there are no bad behaviors or other problems right. baked into the dog. Yeah. And in some of those, even if you do get some a dog that's a little older with some problems, through obedience, they can train most of these dogs out of this. But one other thing about a dog show like this is there are lots of dogs that are going to be in one place at one time. Ooh, and as you've seen scary. on the news lately, there is an upper respiratory disease that's yeah. going around the country. It's not in Michigan yet. There is a suspected case in Michigan. But this is the time of year we also see kennel cough in dogs. Right. And this disease is like a kennel cough. Um, it's pretty. It's been more on the West Coast and the East Coast, but it is in Central United States now, and it is a cough, and it can can lead to pneumonia pretty quickly. So if you have a dog that's developing a cough, or you go to a daycare, or you go to dog parks, or you're around other dogs, if you have an older dog or younger dog, try and limit your exposure. 
Um, and if it does happen, the things to look for are coughing, lethargy, lack of appetite, um, uh, a coughing that sounds like a productive cough, just like your child. When that cough lasts more than 24 hours, it's time to call your veterinarian and go in. They do know that with this new disease, they think it's bacterial in origin, and that, but it is contagious. And so there are some antibiotics that work, but this is up to your veterinarian and you to get in, have it diagnosed. Most veterinarians now know all about this and know at least how to start the treatment. Right. Well, there's no question. You need to educate yourself on this type of thing. But the good news is some of the most educated dog people around are all going to be in the same place, which is at the MSU Pavilion today and tomorrow for the show. So listen to this show. You will enjoy it. Mark is a great guest. He's the president of the club. Dr. Schultz knows what he's doing. It should be great right here on 1320 WILS. Like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Upload your pet's picture or check out the silly pet photos that we put up there to get you through your day. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. Back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick and Doc, we have with us here in the studio a guest that, Doc, I guess you're real familiar with him. I would, it doesn't surprise me a lot because he is an outstanding breeder. He is an AKC judge, and he happens to be the president of the Ingham County Kennel Club. It's Mark Francis Yeager. Mark, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me back. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you because, like I was telling Doc before the show, I love having guests who really know what they're talking about because all I have to do is set them up and let them go. <laughs> and it makes that definitely a... applies to the man to my left. Well, it, let's put it is this he's way. saying I talk a I lot. I find that helpful. <laughs> too, because the less I talk, the better a show it is. He's a great but, storyteller. Yeah. Sometimes I ask him about the grizzlies in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Way too close. Well, maybe we'll do that for a New Year's show. But uh, in the meantime, Mark, the reason we wanted to have you in here is because uh, it's funny. This is this has got to be like your Super Bowl week, I would imagine, with the Ingham County well, Kennel Club. For us locally, it is. Yeah, the, the real Super Bowl is, is uh, in about... Uh, 10 days down there in Orlando, Florida. We've got over 5,000 dogs entered down there at the uh, uh, at the AKC Invitational, the, the Royal Canaan show, yeah. That, that yeah. shows them. I was down there speaking it's a few huge. years ago, and that is a giant dog. It's like that pavilion is like about a mile long. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, and, and in there they have agility, dock diving. Uh, the Fast cat show. even, you know, right. the, which is basically a 100-yard dash for dogs. Right. It's it's amazing to do. Well, yeah. Mark, why don't yeah. you share with our listeners a little bit about what's going on here in Lansing because it, it technically already started yesterday. Well, uh, we And set here we've got today on oh. Saturday and Sunday. There's still two days of great show that's going on. So share with our listeners what they can experience if they go. Well, let me first put in a plug for our our, our co-host, the uh, uh, the Canine Agility Club here in Lansing, that uh, take over the uh, Dirt Pavilion and have their agility trial, and that that's people really love to see those dogs go through their paces. We're a little bit different. We judge the dogs based upon the standard for their breed. The idea being that this is how we figure out who the dogs are. They're going to be the next generation of our show dogs, uh, and so. There are written standards for each of the breeds. The judges 
are well-educated in it. It takes hundreds of hours to learn the breeds, and we you know, spend a lot of time with experts in the breeds, learning about the breeds, and then we get together, and it's a, a, a set routine. The dogs come in in classes that are divided by age and sex, and they compete against one another for championship points initially. Uh, and then the champions that have already finished their titles and the ones that have gone winner's dog and winner's bitch that day compete for best of breed or variety if it's one of those breeds that are split by varieties. Uh, it, it doesn't look like a whole lot because we're mostly going around in circles and down and back, and so it's, it's not as exciting as the agility is, uh, but it does allow the judge to get an idea of what the dog is like structurally uh, so that you can see, you know, does it meet what the thing is that it was intended to do? And the people that are judges, you can't just be a breeder and say, I want to be a judge. You have to know very specific about each breed, correct? Well, it's even a little bit more stringent than that. When you start off, you have to have bred and finished at least four champions in the breeds you're applying for. Uh, and you have to have stewarded at dogs. So the stewards are the ones that help the judges get the dogs in and out. Uh, they're very integral to the whole process. Uh, and... Yes, you have to also go through educational seminars. And, and testing, right? Te there, are, there are written tests and there are oral tests. Uh, I just picked up three new breeds recently, uh, and the written tests were pretty easy. But the oral test, where I have to sit down and discuss with the AKC field rep what the purpose of the breed is, what the, the important items of confirmation are for that breed. Like, for instance, on a Springer Spaniel, the height at the shoulder should be the length from the point of the shoulder to the point of the buttocks. You have to know little details like that and be able to, you know, recognize them and put them into And, and into to know effect. the purpose of that breed purpose also the breed. makes a difference on how the dog's gating and how the dog yeah. looks. Well, it's funny, you know, poodles, uh, you think of them as, as fluffy things. Well, no, those were retrievers. And you have to keep in mind, when you're judging poodles, right. you have to remember, this is a dog that had to go into the water and come out with a bird. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, important, yeah. Yeah, and so when you do these two, so you know as this, then you have to know the history of the breed, obviously, because of a that A little too. bit, yeah. yes. And then um, as you're looking at the dog, you look at ear set, head set, teeth, um, each breed, right? Yes. Well, uh, and, and I have to tell people just before, <laughs> as I was retiring, Mark and I were talking about how to check the bites on what. Give me the breed. There are a couple of. So most there of there are you, five breeds. Okay, they're five. Now the question was, when you look at, let's say, a golden retriever, a Rottweiler, you're supposed to count teeth in a Rottie. Well, in a dog yeah. show, that's hard to do, but they're supposed to say that's done. You, you look at it, right? right. You open but the mouth. But there are a couple breeds where you don't open the mouth. Is that correct? That Mark? is absolutely true. This the, is hilarious. The five breeds. The <laughs> The Brussels Griffons, the English Toy Spaniels, the Japanese Chin, the um, Pug, and I'm I'm losing one of them Lassa? now. The no, no the Pekingese. Yeah. Uh, you actually don't put you don't look at the teeth themselves. You place your thumb on the and Mark is muzzle, doing this on in the and, and and so you know so that you you can feel that they are undershot. 
You, yeah. You're not opening the mouth to feel it. You're, feel, you're kind of pushing a little bit lightly on it yeah. so you can feel that those bottom teeth are there and the top teeth aren't in front of them. So, so when you people look at the diet talks like this, <laughs> that dog is appropriate for the breed. They are for, yes, it's, it's true. Yes. Because yeah, years ago we had had a dog that fell off a grooming table and broke its jaw. And <laughs> no. fixing yeah. a fractured jaw, this is a great story, fixing the fractured mm-hmm. jaw, it's a very easy thing to do because it goes back, it's a little puzzle. And it goes back, well, I could not get this thing to go back together. It took me, like, let's say an hour when it should have taken maybe five minutes to set a jaw. Mm-hmm. And so wires and bone plates and screws, and I got it all done. And the bite was gloriously beautiful. When the breeder came back to have some of the hardware removed, he goes, you know, maybe more of my dogs need to break their jaw. Why? Well, the dog had a rye bite. And for you people, <laughs> a rye bite is where you need to go see your orthodontist. Yeah, basically, and, you're, it's off-center. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I got done, it was a perfectly centered, <laughs> perfectly square show dog bite, and it never had one to start with. So oh, did they I. change the name from Humpty? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> to correct it. Yeah. Okay, so now back to your show. Yes. So you have... How many breeds of dogs are going to be there Saturday? Uh, it's over 160, 168, something like that. Uh, we have around 1,600 dogs altogether. The big entries are in the hound breeds. We've got over 100 hounds. Wow. Part of that is because yesterday we had a, a, a hound group show, and they had well over 200 dogs for that hound group show. We yeah. also have other specialty shows. And, but, and hounds, which name yeah. the breeds in it? Uh, a couple well, of them. Afghan's hound is probably one of the ones people recognize, all the way down to the dachshunds, which are always at the end of the line when, when they're in there. But greyhounds are in there, otter hounds. Uh, you've got uh, Basenjis, uh, the, the, one, the barkless dog. Yeah. Uh, so there are a number of uh, dogs, bloodhounds, beagles. Those are all you know hounds. The, yeah. the yeah. coon hounds, yeah. Yeah. a lot of different breeds. A of little coon bit of howling hounds. that yeah. does go on. There can there. be, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of the breeds, like the Basenji's, not a sound, but the but the yep. bloodhounds, they are fond of oh, telling you yeah. they're there. Yep. Yeah, they, they're, they're fond they of may, it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and the total number of entries in the show, around sixteen hundred uh, each day. Uh, sixteen oh six on uh, Sunday. I think it's sixteen twenty seven on Saturday, uh, and I don't remember the total because it's it's not. And the Friday show wasn't one big show. It was a, a bunch of small specialty shows plus that hound group show. And then those also have their best. They will have They're a the, best in show for those days, right? Yeah. And on Saturday. Well, it's, yeah, they call it best in show but for the uh, the spe- hound group, but it's, it's like really group one. Okay. So yeah. group one, two, three, four in, in the hounds. Each of the other breeds, it's just best of breed for that okay. specialty. Right. And yep. Saturday and Sunday shows are two different shows each day? Saturday is a, a different show than Sunday. We, we don't carry over. Uh, there aren't very many that, that go multiple days. Uh, Westminster and, and the uh, shows in Orlando are multiple-day shows. But uh, uh, every, every day, sing, single judging. The, the, the Foundation Stock Service actually showed two shows, two open shows, where these are dogs that the breeds eventually hope to be re- AKC-recognized. Uh, and we've got about a dozen or so of those, uh, uh, including the Hungarian Vlach, which is kind of a really wolf-looking dog. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be – so you get – if you miss one day, you can go to the next day, but you get yes. to go see an entire dog show. Yes. That, if, you get there at, if you get there at 8 o'clock and you stay through the best in show, you'll, you'll have spent the whole day there and had a chance to see – Pretty much all of it. And, of course, at the end of the day, we have the group judging where the best of breed from each one of the breeds that were in competition that day compete against the others in their variety group. Right. Okay. And then 
So about what time is the Best in Show going to be? Well, we're going to start group judging around 3 o'clock, so Best in Show probably around 5-ish. Okay. So if you really want to get there to see a lot of fun, the groups are great to see <laughs> and, and go in the groups. Yes. And, and what people need to know is the groups are then like the hound breeds, the working breeds. Right. And, and then those are the breeds. But if you go earlier, you can see each breed. So in order to get there, it's it's a... It's a little pyramid day that goes backwards. Yes, so yes. So it starts at the bottom and it goes to the bottom. Yeah, we, we start with the dogs that haven't got their championships yet in each breed, and then we go against, they go against the winners of those competitions, go against the champions in that breed, and then something from that breed is best of breed or variety for the ones that are split into varieties, and then those compete in the groups. So they're, they're the best of the best. Yeah. Mark, let me do what I'm really good at and ask a <laughs> stupid question. Uh, when it comes to these shows... Why do people compete in these shows? What What is there to be gained as a result <laughs> of doing this? Because candidly, it sounds like a heck of a lot of work and a heck of a lot of money invested. And I guess I'm just wondering, is it to have a trophy on uh, well, the, the wall or is it's, there it's more an, to that? It can be an ego thing for a little bit, uh, you know. And, and it is a lot of work. When we were specialing Josh, uh, uh, Karen would work three hours and by the a way, week. Karen is Mark's wife. Yes. Uh, three hours a week just getting his oh. coat into condition so that it had the right texture and, and, and shape to it. And, uh, he has a few best in shows along the way, yeah. Um, but um, uh, it's, it's also a way of getting another opinion about what the best dogs are for a breeding program because we always want to improve what we've had. Uh, and, and so we're, we're sitting together and we're looking, again, with the standard of the breed in mind, the judge is looking to see what's the closest to what should be for that breed. And then, uh, you know, that's, that's where we decide who we're going to have our next litter of puppies from. So, But aren't there large variations in the age of the dogs? Because I remember a few years ago, what was the dog that won Best in Show at Westminster? It was like 10 years old. 12. 12. Uh, yeah. 12. <laughs> yes. 12. Um, we, we've actually had a couple that we've shown actively until they were eight years old. In fact, Josh just got his gold grand championship. Uh, we retired him just short of his eighth birthday. Wow. So, uh, and then we started... Cash just got his first best in show last weekend. Two Congratulations. Weekends ago, two yeah. weekends ago. Yeah. So that's know. that's that's really interesting. So on these dogs, um, let's say I want to go take my dog to the show. I have to apply to the show and then I've got to get my kennel set up. I've got to get my <laughs> I see and when you people go there, you have to go and look at the parking lot. Uh, they don't some of these people don't show up in their little two thousand dollar car they show up in their hundred thousand dollar motorhome yeah we have about a hundred and seventeen spaces for motorhomes uh it's, yeah it sounds uh, like a nascar that, race it is <laughs> yeah, a little bit it's yeah. Up there. yeah and and it, it, those those are mostly the folks that are doing it professionally where they're they're showing dogs for other people uh, because it's really tough to get around to enough dog shows. I mean, there was one year where Karen and I did over 40 weekends, and that's a little bit hard. Not Her rule now is two weekends in a row, but, yeah. yeah. Now, let me ask this, and, and again, I'm just going based on other sports. There's something that's known as the home 
team, the hometown advantage. <laughs> and I guess I'm wondering, since there are shows all over the country, is this a show where the local breeders might have an advantage or is it, nope, it's best dog wins? It's it, it can be a little bit of an advantage because you've got people that are cheering for you. Uh, I know I've gotten more than one group placement where I might not have uh, because I had a lot of my friends around that were cheering as I was going down and back. And, <laughs> that can uh, help. It, it does help. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, we have dogs all over uh, that uh, that come in, you know, from California to Alaska to Florida. Yeah. And, and we're only a couple of weeks away from the Florida show, so a lot yeah, of people and, are doing warm-up shows. They basically. are, yes. They're, they'll go from here down to Florida. Yeah. Well, and people need to understand what the process is to be able to go to the big show like Westminster. It's a bunch of these little shows that get you the points to get to the big one. Yep. We're talking this morning with Mark uh, Yeager from the Ingham County Kennel Club. He is the president. And so, Mr. President, uh, after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk about what does it take to get into the big shows and, again, how does the reward system work right here on 1320 WILS. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. Like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com forward slash MMPets. Upload your pet's picture or check out the silly pet photos that we put up there to get you through your day. It's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning with Mark Francis Yeager, who is the president of the Ingham County Kennel Club. And we're talking about the big show that started yesterday. It's going on today and tomorrow at the MSU Pavilion. And folks, I just don't know where you're going to have the opportunity to find 1,600 dogs that are actually really well behaved in showing themselves. I will admit we had a little dress rehearsal in Old Town about a month ago, but they were costumed, (laughs) so they didn't have to worry about their identity necessarily being out there. And and if you're interested in a purebred dog breed, this will be the place to go. You'll be able to see puppies, you'll be able to see adults, you'll be able to see how they show them, and you can personally talk to the breeders. Correct. That's right. Yeah, so you can go up and ask them, and in some cases, they'll let you handle the dogs, but you must ask Ask first. first. That's critically important. And the good news is you'll even learn how to pronounce uh, (laughs) wait, No, wait, there's There's one. Yeah, there's a a few that are a little bit twisty. In the first segment, we were talking to about uh, being a show judge, to me, this is really interesting because when we look at dog shows, at at the end of the dog show, after best in show, so they go through, they first they go through their breed, then they go through a group, then they go through best in show. At the end of the day, there's only one person that loves the judge, <laughs> and that's the winner. So as a show judge, you not necessarily are loved by everybody because let's say there's 30 dogs in the ring. One person loves you dearly, and 28 or 29 of those people go like, why didn't you like my dog? So the question mark is, and also when you said this, um, you said you have to have, in order to be a judge, you mm. must have bred and shown, and that gives you in on how this is done. Right. But you're a multiple breed judge. Right. How many breeds have you owned, Mark? You've uh, owned several. I have I owned that. A, a seven. Seven breeds. breeds. But you're not, to be a judge, you physically have one. Now, how yeah. do you get to be a judge, let's say, for other breeds? Well, it starts off with... Uh, 
Of course, you've already got your approval for your initial breed or breeds. I I started with Brussels Griffons and miniature Schnauzers. And um, then you start to go through educational activities. And there are breed seminars put on by the parent clubs of each breed. Each breed has a parent club that is responsible for maintaining its standard. Uh, And they will put on educational seminars for judges, typically two to four hours. Uh, And they will include hands-on examinations of of dogs that, uh, that have the right characteristics and some that have the wrong characteristics Perfect. so that you can see you know what that standard is supposed to look like uh, and then you will actually have mentors in those breeds uh, sometimes a long-term mentor for instance with uh, English Springer Spaniels Karen Miller a woman who uh, had a couple of Westminster Best in Show dogs and uh, was my mentor for English Springers for a number of years uh, or you do kennel visits to see a number of dogs of that breed with an established breeder who's been in the breed and winning for at least 12 years. Uh, and then you can do ringside observations where, again, someone who has been either a judge for that breed for uh, a number of years or has exhibited them for uh, 12 or more years uh, is going to t- uh, talk to you about what they're seeing of the dogs that are being shown that day. It has to be a, a major entry, in other words, uh, enough uh, in that competition uh, to award three or more points toward the championship. Uh, and um, you can also, in certain circumstances, uh, do in-ring observations with, uh, again, an experienced judge. In this case, I believe they had to have been uh, 20 years judging the breeds uh, wow. to, uh, to, to mentor you uh, on, on what they're seeing. You don't, as, as an observer, you don't actually touch the dogs. You can go ahead afterwards right. and, and, and sit down with them. Uh, like, for instance, uh, when I was studying Pekingese, uh, after uh, uh, David Fitzpatrick had gotten best in show at the Progressive Dog Club, he and I went over the dog that, that, uh, oh, uh, that, that he had been showing and uh, looked at you know what it is that you're supposed to find in a Pekingese. Well, yeah. let me ask this, and I'm going to ask it to both of you, but I want to start with Mark, and that is, how do you, when uh, uh, your dog is bred and has puppies, mm-hmm. and there's usually multiples of them? Sometimes. How, how, sometimes, 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 yeah. Yeah, depends on the breed. <laughs> uh, uh, correct. But how do you ID the ones that are the show dogs versus the other dogs because bottom line is when the dog is a puppy it's still got to grow and mm. do the proportions stay where they need to do the shoulders and yeah. the buttocks and all of the stuff end up exactly as the book says and doc i'll ask you the question because you've bred a lot of animals and you've you've you born wanna, them well, 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 we don't talk about pat hastings and the eight week examination yeah. Yeah. well we've had some we've had a couple of them too where we've been doing c-sections and i'm in the surgery room and the client <laughs> at the time could stand outside of a window out of the surgery mm-hmm. room and watch the c-section and i pull a puppy out and one of the clients um this was in a uh, yorkshire terrier now this is three ounces people mm-hmm. so on one day i did a great dane c-section i'm pulling out two pound puppies I open up the Yorkshire Terrier, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's not cooked yet. Uh, we got to put it back in. The, the, the little, Like on the turkey, the little mm. thing hasn't popped yet. But it was a, it was full cooked at like three ounces compared to two pounds. It's amazing. But I pull it out. I wipe the face off. I look at it, and the owner goes, 
Oh my God, it's a winning dog. Hi, you can't tell that. <laughs> so coloration, coat color is going to change a little bit. They're, they're going to change. So what a lot of breeders will do, and Mark knows, is that you will six, eight, ten weeks have a judge come in mm. and then physically go over all the puppies. Or somebody who has been in the breed longer than you have. Yeah. Right, so. right. And we've had a, a, some of our new breeders. And if you're into this new, you can have people come in. So you know... People call it pick of the litter. Yes. Um, I was a, a child of eight, and I definitely wasn't pick of the litter. Uh, but anyways, in our house, <laughs> uh, mom didn't have much of a choice in that. But um, in these puppies, then you know I'm, gonna, I'm going to campaign is what it's called. Mm. I'm going to keep this dog and campaign it and sell the others. So if you're going to buy a puppy in a litter, then you need to do this. But if you really, really want a winning puppy, you buy the winning puppy. That's what you do. Well, That's a lot of money. It, it can be, yeah. Um, but, for instance, uh, last spring we had a, a, a litter of, of English Toy Spaniels out of one of our stud dogs who had won the national a few years back. And at eight weeks we had a chance to look at the litter and, and rate them and, 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 and had the, like the president of, of the English Toy Spaniel Club looked at We all ranked them the same way. And I've got the one that, as a stud fee puppy, I got the one that uh, uh, that – was the pick of the litter. Now, yeah. now, when the judge comes in and you have everybody come over, do you always crack a bottle of wine and do this? Yeah, this? no, no. No. Okay. no, it's really informal. Yeah, okay, yeah. Now, then the other thing about dog shows, too, is, okay, so everybody looks out there and they wonder what the dog is, the judge is looking at. So there is objective and subjective to a dog show. And so yep. a lot of people that lose say it's too subjective and not. And for people, objective is rote. Objective is this is the height, this is the color, this right. is it. Yep. And subjective is I like the way your dog moved. Do they, does the handler make a difference? Does the handler help? Does the crowd, when you did already said the crowd helps a little crowd bit. can help. So that adds some subjectivity. But the objective part about it for each breed, you know, like you were talking about Springer's earlier, crown rump length, uh, mm. that, that kind of thing. You, you have to know the proportions, the, the, the proportions of the head, the proportions of the body, uh, what the top line is supposed to look like. Like in Havanese, it's supposed to be a slight rise from the shoulder to the tail, which is contrary to almost every other breed. But that's a characteristic of the Havanese. And as a judge, you have to know these things and, and, and recognize that that's what we want in that breed. So, you know, that there, there is all that. They're, they're a little bit subjective. Yeah. But there, has there are, there are, I mean, there there are things that, that you can say, yes, this dog has a low tail set and it's supposed to have a tail that is set high. You know, there, there are objective things like that you can point to. Yeah. But then attitude of the dog can make a big difference. Right. If you've got a dog that is absolutely stunningly put together standing still, and it doesn't move well, or it doesn't want to move well, yeah. or it, you have to drag it around there, that's not going to be a winning yeah. dog. And what's interesting, people, is you, as you watch the dog show, and you got to go, as they bring the dogs in the ring, they'll announce the people are the dogs, but they come in one at a time, mm -hmm. and you'll watch the dogs walk in the ring, and some are like, oh, my, I'm on this leash. Again? And yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly yeah. right. And then you watch other dogs walk in the ring, and they already own it walking in. Oh, yeah. And, and that dog might not be as good a dog as the other one, but it mm. is there to show. Mm. And um, and it's like, look at me. Yes. And, and that is big, isn't it? They do call for, for they want to, they, they, they tell you, 
I'm going to be the winner here today. And, and, and I, I have had that vibe from dogs. And yes. you've seen that before. Well, I, have, I have had my dogs do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> it has happened locally because, again, I'll go back to our friend Carol Bergman. And when Josh won back in 2004, yep. he was barking at the crowd. And the crowd was cheering him on. <laughs> and when yep. you see that, you know it's a special dog, too. They announced themselves. It's true. We're talking this morning with Mark Yeager, who is the president of the Ingham County Kennel Club. And... Mark, we need to take one more break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how you got started on 1320 WILS. For the latest news and information on animal care, it's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning all about the big show taking place this weekend at the MSU Pavilion for the Ingham County Kennel Club, and it is a dog show, and boy, if you've not been to one before, I'm telling you, you are missing out, because it is a great time to see more dogs than you could ever believe in one place, and they're well-behaved, they're well-groomed, for the most part, and bottom line is uh, it, it makes for a great event for the whole family, and it's taking place today and tomorrow. So our guest today is Mark Yeager, who is the president of the club. And, Mark, I guess I want to ask you the question before we get into the little details about the, the show itself in terms of the, the nitpicky details, how did you get started? When did mm. you get started? Because it just seems like these days you're seeing a lot of young kids who start working with dogs. They work with the family dog, and they've turned it into really successful careers, including uh, we have a couple local people who mm. have fulfilled that bill. So how um, did you get started? Well, uh, of course, pretty much always had a dog growing up. Started with Cocker Spaniel and then a colleague when I went off. To, by the time I went off to college, we had the colleague. She didn't survive my college career. But uh, after Karen graduated from MSU, what she wanted was a miniature schnauzer. So we went out, got a miniature schnauzer from uh, Bob and Sharon Tamanica, who were fairly well-known schnauzer breeders, had some group winning dogs. Uh, And we got Max and we started uh, uh, actually training him in obedience because he was a little bit of a handful and got hooked up with Artie Mainville, uh, Belgian sheepdogs, and kind of Got our interest in dog shows. Went down to the Detroit Kennel Club show, watched that, really got bitten by it, and decided to start showing. And uh, then we got a few more dogs and better quality dogs. And uh, uh, our first champion and bred our first champion uh, that came along of Memorial Day 1980 uh, uh, was the uh, the date they were whelped. Seems uh, like yesterday. First champion, yeah. Um, and uh, just kind of kept going from there, adding additional dogs. We're, we're given our first Brussels Griffon by uh, uh, Lorraine and Terry Smith out in Grand Ledge. Uh, and um, uh, that kind of changed the whole trajectory because we were, we were winning championships on, on, our, on our miniature schnauzers, but in the Brussels Griffons, we were winning groups. So we, we kind of went over to that side of things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That and, was, and that's a step up for everybody that knows that. Winning that's the groups, definitely, yeah, is definitely better than just getting stuff. championships. Yeah. So, um, and it's something that Karen and I do together. And so it really, 
that for us, that's the big thing. And there, there are a, a fair number of couples. As more often than that, it's it's the wife that is involved, and the husband doesn't necessarily follow along. Uh, sometimes the kids come along, and there's other competition: junior showmanship, uh, which is basically how well that person is handling their dog rather than the merits of the dog itself. Uh, and I'll actually be judging that um, either Saturday or Sunday. I forget which yeah, so one. So you get to watch. If you bring your kids, that is really fun to yeah, watch that. Yeah, because so, these are some of the best handlers in the world. And, and they're like under 18 because at 18 you age out of it. Uh, but uh, uh, I know one particular uh, young lady, uh, was she was apparently very shy except at the dog shows. And uh, – uh, we kind of took her under our wing, and, and uh, of course, her grandmother helped write the standard for Doberman Pinscher. Which, but, <laughs> but, but Mary was was a very quiet young lady. She is now. Uh, she started uh, at U of M a couple of years ago. She's transferred to Colorado State because that's where she intends to go to veterinary school. <laughs> Good for her. Uh, yeah. Good career. Uh, yep. So anyhow, the, but the, these these pe- young people are just amazing the way they show their dogs, and 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 to the best. Of that dog particular breed, yeah. That, watch yeah. Junior Showmanship because that's kind of that's you know. the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it starts. That's pretty cool. So, also, we were talking earlier too about let's say I'm going to the dog show and I have an old English Sheepdog, mm. or I have a Weimaraner. Yeah, which person is going to spend the entire <laughs> when you people and, and people have to know when you buy certain breeds you are buying work with that mm. breed yeah and so let's say the sheepdog or i know i used to see uh, yorkies come in with all their hair in little tied up in little bundles, bundles so they don't yeah. break off yeah yeah so if you, you want to, to get that hair, hair all the way down to the ground where it's I supposed guess to be these are a good one that that's one if you're in the show that's a mop walking across the floor pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> and so you see you really can't see their feet moving you see fluff yeah. when they yeah mark can see the feet i just see you know what you're going. looking for yeah yeah, yeah. so th- the work what what's the but, difference you know the weimaraner obviously a very short-haired dog even if if you take scissors to a weimaraner it's going to show so you you, you don't do anything <laughs> to a weimaraner they they are either there or they're not they're 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 very in that way their showmanship makes more difference than the grooming. In the old English, you're starting, of course, the week before. You're bathing. <laughs> that that yeah. day, you're, you're, you're starting to – and there's a lot of back combing involved. So in an old English, to get it ready to go into the show ring probably takes around two and a half hours per dog. And that's if there's no mats to start with. Well, there are no mats to start with because if you're showing that dog, you are combing that dog <laughs> out every week to make sure there are no mats and, there. And for you people, yeah, you either keep it in a kennel cut or you keep it if you want it in a show coat. And go to the show and look at these. They have um, – if you're people with long hair, which I'm running out of hair, but if you're people with long hair or your young child wakes up in the morning with a big cluster mat mm. in your hair, you have to comb it out. Yep. You don't want these dogs yet because then you're doing that. You're losing coat. Un- unless you're a pooly. Okay. Well, there you go. The, the oh, pooly, the, the, the dreadlocks, the dreadlocks. Yeah. And, 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 and there you got to make sure that, that they don't get messy. You know, the, you'll, you'll tie the males up before you send oh. them out. You you put boots on them so they don't get you know, it's it's amazing to, yeah if if there are pooly there uh, if you can you know talk to the people that are showing them about what it takes to keep one of those guys going and, and yeah, that, it's a that different you look coat. at it you look at it and you think oh they don't need any care with that oh it's it, oh no, yes, constant you do. constant yeah 
And we've we've had them in the clinic for uh, reproduction stuff, and they'll have their they'll be all tied up with boots on their feet, and you're going like, okay, this is a special way to live. Mm-hmm. But as a pet, you don't need to do that with right. them. You can you can let them get corded, but you can keep it shorter and right. keep it cut. Yeah. How, well, how do you cut a corded coat? Uh, with very carefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, do, do you do you do you cut, cut them? Sh- I know when when they're when they're done and they they getting they they just take shears like like a, a, like a sheep. Done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they look like a sheared down poodle or whatever. When it, done. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting breed and a nice breed too. Yes. Yeah, that's a good breed. But Hungarian yeah. herding dog, yeah. Yeah. So the, so and when they're out herding, like sheep dogs too, they're not groomed. No. So they're matted. They and actually form cords. plates rather than cords. That's it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So so it's a giant mat covering the whole body. <laughs> well, by my count, we've talked about over a dozen different breeds on this show, and we're just getting started <laughs> when it comes to what's going to be there. So if you think that we're exaggerating when we say you need to go to the show because you're going to see so many different breeds that you haven't seen, and you're going to see multiple versions of dogs within those breeds that all of which which have been proclaimed as best in best in uh, breed, in their breed, in yeah, their line, yeah, and and so it's it's a great show, Mark. We have only a few minutes left, so why don't you share the details about the show, the price, the times? And we haven't even said where is this show? Well, it's at the MSU Pavilion yeah. over on Farm on Farm Lane in Mount Hope. Plenty of parking. Oh yeah, yes. and it's free, free. parking. Yes, yep. parking is free. So, but share with people the info so they know if they can go. Well, we start judging about eight a.m. So it, there actually will be people there around six o'clock, getting, starting to get their dogs ready if they're early in the ring. Uh, we will actually open the uh, the gates for people to come in around seven thirty or so. Uh, admission five dollars for adults, three dollars for students, children, and seniors. Twelve dollars for families, and we're pretty loose about what a family is. Uh, and uh, the again, start the judging starts at eight o'clock. Uh, by the time best in show rolls around, it'll probably be five o'clock, uh, somewhere on that order. And um, by all means, come in. One one caveat though, we don't allow strollers on the floor. Uh, it's just it's a little bit too dangerous to hit because a, a small child at that height just isn't safe. Dog. And how about bringing my camera? Absolutely. Just the only thing, when the photographer is doing show photos, please don't take photos behind them. Yeah. And how um, about bringing your dog? No, and bringing your pet are. dog is no. No. Yeah. yeah. And if you're listening to us right now, listen to the end of the show, get your coat on, and come on over to Michigan State and watch the show. Yep. Yeah, that'll be good fun. Well, you're going to see a lot of different competitions. You're going to talk to people who all share something in common with you, which is they love, love dogs. dogs. And they love being there and they love doing this. So it's a great way to learn. Mark, I want to thank you so much for coming in today and, again, sharing the information. And I'm sure it was a pleasure for you because instead of just Rick and I asking our questions, (laughs) we brought Dr. Schultz in. And for some reason, he seems to have a lot of knowledge about the people who breed. When when I bought... When we bought our house in 86, we said it had to be within five miles of his clinic. And then, and, and then he moved his clinic, so it's only two and a half. Closer. Yeah. It was even closer. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for inviting me. Our pleasure. And we are out of time. So on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, my co-hosts in the studio, Rick Pruce and Dr. Schultz, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend, a great weekend. We'll talk next weekend on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. 
Make up your mind Decide to walk with me